Hola, mi amigos, and welcome to the Teed Up Podcast, your one-stop shop for all your health, fitness, motivational, and life needs. I'm your host, Trent Atkins. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Teed Up Podcast. I'm your host, Trent Atkins. And like always, we're here for a good time. Maybe a long time. Who knows? Some, maybe short, maybe long, maybe. Yeah, I don't think there's a, I think it's just short and long. But just want to welcome everyone back to the episode. I just want to thank you all for tuning in. And, you know, I'm flying solo again today. Just been pretty busy and with a lot of things going on, you know how it is. But recently just finished, I know, I know, I'm sorry, recently just finished another book, and I really, really like this one, along with the last one I wrote. I really love these personal finance books, just because they they force me, they don't really force me, they, they enable me to learn more about what like the touching base with investing investments um handling money you know all that good stuff that comes with financials that i wouldn't learn in school you know and it's just basically broadening my intellect broadening my knowledge and widening my expansion widening my horizon on the things that can benefit me in my life, right? And the book that we are reviewing today is called Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. And before we dive into that, I just want to um, just express my gratitude towards you guys for supporting the show. And as always, the link is in the description to support the show, um, you know, whatever, however, whatever, you know, is perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, just, just, I love getting this content out for you guys and your all support helps me to establish that and keep that coming for you guys. So as these episodes go out, if you can just do your best and share, leave a review, leave a rating. Do whatever. If you enjoy, if you don't enjoy it, it's okay. That's okay. But I just just have a passion and just want to get my um, want to get my voice out there for you guys and just talk about the things that have helped me and has helped me through a bunch of things and reading has been one of them. So I do love doing these book reviews just because I love reading and I think you all can benefit too from just the insight I deliver in these reviews reviews, and not just the entire book, which I do recommend reading the books, but the reviews get a pretty, pretty well established basis on what they're about, but it's nothing like reading and diving into reflecting on the actual book, right? 
So, Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. Oh, man, I had to I had to yawn a little bit there. We're not going to cut that out. <laughs> so, author Morgan Housel, in this book, he dives into, like, the psychological and the behavioral aspects that influence our financial decisions. And that could be money management, life experiences, your emotions, your biases, and all that that shapes our um, financial decisions. Those are examples of things that shape our financial decisions. And this book, if you can't tell by the title what I just said, it's diving more into the um, psychological side of things as opposed to the quantitative and the qualitative numbers and formula stuff that you see, right, in normal personal finance. So I like this book because it offered me a different perspective on personal finance that I that wasn't talked about in Rich Dad, Poor Dad that I read. And I just want to be able to expand my knowledge on everything finance because that is something that I am wanting to learn more about. So I'm diving into books and I'm reading the books that will get me the benefit of benefit and knowledge of doing just that. So Housel, the author in this book, he takes on or he takes the complex root ideas and concepts and turns them into very easily easily digestible content for the average person, a.k.a. me, that really has no understanding, or I should say, really has some understanding of personal finance, but has a really, really long way to go, and is still pretty arrogant on the subject, or pretty, pretty ignorant on the subject. Like we just like we talked about in the last uh, last review, last episode, arrogant ignorance. I'm ignorant on the on the topic, and I really want to learn more about it. So I am checking the boxes that um, uncover all the everything personal finance. And this book discusses the psychological and behavior aspects about personal finance. But at the end of the day, this book argues personal finance is more about behavioral management as opposed to the qualitative and quantitative data, right? That's what I liked about it. That's what made me read it because Rich Dad Poor Dad talked more about the the numbers and the, the formulas and the, the knowledge and just the business side of things. This talks about your behavior towards money management, your life experiences, how that shaped you and your financial decisions, how your emotional um, outputs in life shape your financial decisions, such as you make an emotional investment in a house or a life experience such as a medical emergency and you know, it caught you off guard and you don't have any money saved up for for that occasion, right? 
this talks about the behavioral aspects of those moments and how they shape our financial decisions. So for everything in life, this book also explores the significance of delayed gratification, the art of compounding, small consistent action, all that leads to growth over time. And before making any investments in anything, Housel pitches his testimony for you, the reader, to consider your risk tolerance before making the emotional decision. So he means before you make an investment into buying shares or buying stocks, buying bonds, uh, ETFs, all that. Because that can really, really play a toll on your, your psychological. Um, because it's an emotional decision, right? It can haunt you. It can motivate you. It can make you happy. A lot of things can happen, right? It's based on luck fairly much. But... In this book, he argues that your risk tolerance is one of the biggest, pays one of the biggest dividends in your finance. Being able to tolerate the risk, tolerate losing money, tolerate losing that money, but knowing you can gain that money back in the future. And that leads me to the next point in the book. Something that I really didn't know a lot about and learned more about in this book and it's really stuck with me is the definition of optimism and pessimism and the difference. So optimism, which we all should be on the more familiar side, that is pretty much just knowing that someday, one day, you have the confidence that you will make it out of whatever you're doing and you will be successful, right? And you will be successful knowing that there will be setbacks and adversity along the way. But you do have the confidence that through whatever happens, you will make it out on top. Pessimism, on the other hand, man, I got something in my eye. Pessimism, on the other hand, is the polar opposite. It's having no confidence, no hope, no faith, no nothing about the future. And pessimism is, I'm not going to say it's hurtful. A lot of us have a bunch of pessimistic um, viewpoints in life and for good reason. And that could be just about the world, about the government, about the stocks, about the economy, all that, you know, because you're like, you know, in 10 years, the way this economy's going, gas prices are going to be out the roof. You're not going to be, we're going to be all, no one's going to be able to buy a house, buy a car. I mean, that's true because if you look at the car market today compared to even COVID, like three, four years ago, it's, it's a significant um, comparison, like it's it's wild. So, I mean, we 
we all have pessimistic viewpoints, especially about the future with our economy, our government, all that good jazz. But I just wanted to bring that up because those were two de- those were two definitions that I really didn't like have a distinguished viewpoint on. And this book really, through examples, through real life examples, taught me what those two words meant and how are they used, how are they, how they are used in the world of finance, personal finance. So Housel also talks about like financial freedom, independence, and he mentions that it isn't just about eclipsing large amounts of money in your lifetime. But it's more about living below your means and becoming content. He is an advocate for being content with not needing or wanting more than your necessities. You may make six figures, right? And you may have a lot of money. You may have this. You may have that. You may have the money to do this and do that. But... He measures his wealth on living below his means. So that means although he could and may be able to afford the Lamborghini or the Ferrari, he's content with a 2019 Chevrolet Traverse. I just came up with the most random car. I don't even know anybody who owns a Chevy Traverse. But that's basically what that is, you know, living below your means, not needing to, you know, go out every other day for dinner or um, have all these TV subscriptions or whatever it may be. He's content with the true uh, needs in our life, and that's family time, that's positive vibes, that's investments in yourself, investments that will better you, better educate you and yourself and your family, all that good stuff, right? So that's what financial freedom is. He talks really talks a lot about that, and it really just you know stuck with me because that's something I strive to be able to do. And that, that's really what measures your wealth, is basically living below your means. You don't need all this, uh, you know, fashion, all these high dollar watches. That's not going to, you may think it's going to make you fit in with society. But in reality, that's not going to, it may bring you happiness, but in reality, you're just going to end up wanting more. It's not going to satisfy you. And that's why people who, you know, buy all this high dollar fashion, high dollar jewelry, they're never satisfied. That's oftentimes when they feel depressed and you know they get down on themselves. But just being able to start living below your means, you can really compound and build your wealth no matter how much money you make. You could make a minimum wage salary and if you live below your means, you can be wealthy. You know, live below your means and invest in low-cost index funds and just let that money compound over time without touching it. 
being able to have the patience, being able to have the risk tolerance of losing it all or gaining it all or losing it and gaining it back, being able to have that risk tolerance. And that's what this book is really about, is the psychological and the behavioral aspects of our financial decisions. At the end of the day, that's the main point, the main topic of this book. And if you are looking for a personal finance book that looks beyond the numbers and more into the human behavior side, then this is the book for you. So, towards the end of the book, Housel provides his own insight and his own personal um, investing strategies and how he does it for his family, how he lives below his means. And it's a really, really straightforward and really dynamic way of living. And it's, you know, for the average person, may not be what they want, but it's how his family, it's how him and his family can be satisfied and how they are happy. Everyone's different. You just got to find your medium, find your... um Find your content point. Find how you can be content with how much money you make, what you spend it on, what you buy, what you have, what you don't have, what you want, all that. So let's move on to the rating and what I give this book out of 10. I would rate this book a solid 8, 7.5, 8 out of 10. Because I thought that there could be more and more strategies on investing and planning other than his own. I wish he could the book could have offered more viewpoints on what to do if your risk tolerance is very low, what to do if your risk tolerance is very high, what to do if you've never invested before how to consistently change your investment strategies, all that stuff. And I just, I just wish the book could have been a little bit better on that side. But at the end of the day, this book was amazing. I, I think I finished it probably, probably two weeks. I love this book. I mean, it's, I love every book that I've read. They all have so, such a deep meaning and dynamic viewpoints that have helped shape my mindset, shape my perspective. And that is why I want to get these reviews out to you guys, because I want you all to experience the uh, mindset shifts, the perspective shifts, all that, just so you can better your lives in any way, shape, or form that you prefer. Because what works for me will not work, may not work for you, right? Majority of the time won't work for you. So that's going to conclude our book review on psychology of money. Um, like, like I said at the beginning of the episode, continue supporting the show, supporting the brand. I love pushing this content out for you guys. You can subscribe for as little as $3 a month. And just doing that helps me to really push more content, more and better content out for you guys. And, you know, that just would that's everything is much greatly appreciated and if you can as these episodes drop just share them on 
you know, the platforms you own, the, uh, share them with your family. Just get the word out there and let's get this, let's take this podcast to the next level. It's about time. Y'all feeling me? All righty. Before we do conclude, I want to leave you all with something to ponder. It's a question about the book. Not really about the book, but about your life based off the book. So how does my behavior toward money reflect the way I coordinate my life? Just as we conclude and as you click off and finish out this episode, just just ponder. Just want you to think on that. And as always, my friends, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Stay safe and be careful. I'll catch you next week.